When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Mastery Mindset Podcast. I'm your host and your mental skills coach, Colin Henderson. So grateful for you. This is a place to get your mind right. You can't train the body, Coach AB. You got to train the mind. And I'm so pumped. I got a good close friend that we've been growing together in our knowledge of coaching and learning and being entrepreneurs. We got uh, Amanda Schaefer, known as Coach AB. She's the founder of Fearless Fast Pitch. And I can't wait to dig into this, the Fearless Warrior Mental Skills Program. But um, I'm pumped. So are, you are in Nebraska right now. Yep. You're in you're in the the robust, beautiful metropolis of Omaha. Lincoln. Yep. Lincoln. Scott. Okay, Lincoln. Okay. But uh, what's up? You want yeah. you want to give the listeners a quick shout out about uh, how about this? Let's do this. Let's do this. I love to start with this. I love uh, to hear and learn from people their origin and their why story. So you want to give the listeners like how you got how you got started and why you do what you do? Yeah, I would love that. Well, hey everybody that's listening, um, Colin, thanks for having me. I am passionate about this, and I know you and I have had conversations about the mental side of life, but more specifically for sports performance. And my why goes all the way back to my playing days. Um, I started as a softball coach for those of you that want to know more fearless fast pitch is for softball athletes and so I work specifically with softball players on their mindset and getting to those kids before they realize hey I'm, I'm not as confident or I run it, run into trouble. Um, I started noticing this as a pitching coach. And I was giving back, I was giving lessons, and I was seeing these kids on a weekly basis, teaching them really physical skills, how to pitch, how to throw. Uh, But then when I started talking to parents, they kept saying things like, Coach AB gives my daughter confidence. And we love Coach AB because she just lights up a room and I want my daughter to be like that. And it was kind of at first this moment of like, no, I want to be the, the pitching coach, the best pitching coach in Nebraska. I want to, you know, bump up your daughter's radar speed and have her be the best pitcher. And I just kept getting these little nudges that that's not what parents were seeking. And um, it took a while for me to catch on to that. Um, and so in 2017, I, I started researching this and I actually sat on it for an entire year, um, studying and diving into it. I'm connecting with people like you, um, Dr. Larry Widman, huge shout out, huge mentor of mine. He works with Nebraska volleyball here in Nebraska. And I thought, man, there's this whole world. Why are not more people talking about this, parents and coaches? Um, so that's kind of what started my love for for the mental side of the game and how it applies to life. Well, how are you as a kid? How are you as, I was as an athlete? Super confident. I mean, I was like borderline cocky. So to be able to like see this in reverse engineer, I was doing all of these skills. I just didn't know it. So was that nature nurture? Were you born confident? I definitely had to flex it. I mean, you think about how you build that. I definitely think there's personality traits, but it's definitely something that was instilled in me by my parents and by my coaches that I had of like building and flexing that confidence muscle to the point where the physical meets the mental. I just didn't know that I was flexing the mental. 
I love that. Talk about flexing the mental muscle. Well, we have a lot of parents yeah. and, and leaders on, on this podcast tune in. So maybe I'm a father of five. Like, let's just look back at what, what some examples did your parents do for you to create an environment where it was safe to fail, where you, you were confident? Like, what some things did they do for you to, to, to help that? Absolutely. I would say um, there's a really good article out there. I've always, this has always stuck with me of um, be the headlights for your kids. Don't drive for them. And so what, a, what is a parent going to do to light your path to help you see, but they're not actually driving the vehicle for you. And so I think about those times where my parents were the headlights. Um, you know, my dad, we would go and we would pitch in the basement. We actually turned our unfinished basement into a pitching lane. So it's like, here's your space you have to practice. So it's like, I'm giving you the opportunity. This is on you. Um, I think about my mom, my mom took a different approach. She was definitely that softer approach. Um, you know, if we woke up quote unquote on the wrong side of the bed, she would just basically say, try again. You're going to, you're going to go back to bed. You're going to wake up. And I want you to choose a different mindset. Now I'm not saying she didn't negate our emotions. She definitely acknowledged you're grumpy. You're sad. You're upset. You're angry. What are you going to do with it? And that was something that was instilled in us from a very, very young age. And I, it's a gift now that I think about it. I love that so much. Um, I heard a principal say one time, there used to be what is called helicopter parents. Now that what they have is called wheelbarrow parents, where they just basically put the kid in the wheelbarrow and they're just, they're just driving it for them. And they, kid doesn't have to make a mistake or fail to do all for I, I, I like that. Be the headlights. Don't drive the, the car, the vehicle. Um, so let's just talk about now you got this awareness you had you were a confident kid that's great you had an experience coaching uh, pitchers and softball about how to throw strikes and how to rise ball drop ball how to you know locate all that stuff um, and then you're noticing that they're getting more out of like resilience maybe breath how to visualize they, you probably spend just a few minutes per hour and I have the same story when I was coaching receivers one-on-one -on -one and in small groups the last 10 minutes, I'd always do like a, a mindset lesson. And I kept hearing back from the kids and the parents and I'd have worksheets for them. And they would just talk more about that than the whole 50 minute workout. Right. So we have a, we have a similar kind of like origin to like how we saw this is super powerful, but I was obviously, I was not confident. I was imposter syndrome. I'm a recovering perfectionist. So I think I'm, my research and curiosity is really like, how, how was I that way? But how could I fix kids who are who are feeling those same things. So it's good to have kind of both sides. Um, but I love that you created this business on um, this word fearless. And really, I would say that the root of all kind of our, our challenges of how, why we stop ourselves is rooted in, in fear. So I'd love to hear what does it mean to be fearless? Absolutely. I think at first it started as just, Hey, this is really cool branding, you know, and I got married and, you know, everyone asked, well, why, why coach AB? Where does coach AB come from? And I got married and nobody knew who coach Schaefer was. So I thought, okay, I'm going to have to brand myself. And I picked fearless. I like that word. Um, but after a while it started to become a joke of what is, what does it mean to be fearless? And can you be fearless? Um, and this is the story that I tell if I can get vulnerable. I know um, that's a, a, one of your words. So if I can get vulnerable, um, in 2017, my dad was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And I had a choice. I could take that diagnosis and, you know, have this pity party. And my dad was effectively my person. 
We spent hours in the car on the way to lessons. He was on a bucket. Um, you know, he's at tournaments and my sister played as well. And when my sister and I would go practice and, and it was just that bond that my dad was my person and softball was our connection. And, you know, I think in 2017, I am no longer playing. So my identity, you know, trying to figure out who am I as a person, you're, you're watching your parents get older. And when I found out that my dad, my person was dying, I had a choice. I could move forward and spend the most time I could with him and cherish those moments um, or I could go the other way. And I decided to go all in um, and he was ready. And essentially his way of living was fearless. And I thought, okay, there's something here. My biggest fear ever since I was a little girl was losing my dad. Don't ask me why that was just written on my heart. I knew at a young age, the way that it was written on my heart. I just had this feeling that my dad was going to leave early. Um, and when that came true, it was this moment of, oh my gosh, my biggest fear is effectively coming true right now in this moment. And when I came to grips with that, um, I actually remember sitting, you know, how to bounce back, how to be resilient after losing a parent. I mean, who Googles that? It's, it's just very bizarre. It was a bizarre situation. And then I realized there are ways that people can deal with adversity, deal with loss, deal with grief. Um, and, and then how do we apply that to life? And that's kind of how I chose to honor my dad because effectively with his passing, my biggest fear came true. So then I look at life and I say, what, what more can you do to me? My biggest fear came true. Does that make me fearless? And whether your biggest fear comes true or not, when you start looking at fear, getting to the root of those fears, understanding what fear is telling you or lying or saying about life or, or relationships or your performance at work, when you can get present to that and realize you no longer have a grip on me, fear, you're fearless. Now, it doesn't mean you're not afraid of things. Those fears will always be there, but it's what you do with them that matters. And so that's kind of my story of what it means to be fearless. I love it. And let's just talk about fear. Uh, when I was doing, you know, workshops and, and coaching small groups, that's how I got started. You know, a very similar time. I kind of started doing this work in 2016. So we're not too too far off. And I'd have these meetings with, with kids. And the first meeting, we would I would go right to it. I was like, let's just talk about fear. Let's just go there. I mean, I'm your coach. I'm your mentor. You're big bro. I love you. And I'm here to help you. So when you fail and feel fear, like, what's the origin? Mm -hmm. And you know, what, you know what most of them said, uh, mom or dad, you know, the, the car ride home, you know, so I think a lot of these origins of this fear is rooted in how we're, our mind is, is conditioned at an early age. I say it's really shaped by three things, trauma, drama, daddy, and mama, one way or the other. Um, but I think we need to be talking about fear. Like, why, why would we, we talk about, here's the game plan, the matchup, here's, we should be lifting, running, throwing, conditioning, you know, being explosive, you know, different drills, hitting building, throwing it. Why don't we talk about the mental game? Like, I'd love that you are just your whole organization and your motto is addressing self-doubt, fear, and worry. So I, I tell people, I don't want you to N-O fear. I want you to K-N-O-W fear. That's how you become fear is you know it. That usually it's made up in your mind. It's an illusion. It's not, it's just fake fear made up. There's real fear, fake fear. Um, but let's just break down your, your philosophy, Coach AB. You know, I, I love yeah. I love getting in the lab with other coaches, man. Like I'm, I'm oh, a, that is so good. I'm 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 a I'm a self help or mindset training or per personal growth junkie. Like I'm just so curious about it because 
I think some people, you know, nature nurture, you know, they're born with it, but I believe you can train mm-hmm. extreme courage. You can, you can train self-awareness. You can train a healthy self-image. You, you can train gratitude. You can train being the present moment. So let's just break down your philosophy. I'd love to learn how you got to it. Yeah, absolutely. I love the N-O, K-N-O. That's, that totally fits. When I think about fear, <clears throat> I think about like where it comes from and how do we find it? I, we talk about finding the fear. And whether we're talking wow. about sports or life, um, again, same thing. You say no, I say find. And so when I think about fear, I say three things about fear. I say, here's how you spot it. Number one, it's sneaky. Fear isn't going to come outright and say, hey, coming in the door. Hey, it's fear. Fear hides itself in things like perfectionism or worry or anxiety. And so you kind of have to figure out, is this fear? So that's the first one. Fear is sneaky. That's how you know that that's fear talking. The second one is it lives in the future. So we talk about all the time, you know, be where your feet are. If you can be in the present moment, you're going to be more aware more able to perform at your peak if something is occupying your mind and it hasn't happened yet right think about a fear you know midwest we we fear tornadoes you're not afraid of the tornado itself you're afraid of what the tornado could do we're not afraid of spiders we're afraid of what the spider could do to us in the future you know is it going to bite us is it going to you know whatever these things are fear lives in the future So if you can figure that out, is this worry in the future? Okay, that's also fear talking. And then the third one that I talk about is fear wants you to feel alone. Fear wants to keep you contained. And so if you can talk about these fears of, Mm. I'm just going to say this out loud. If it sounds silly, hey, it's fear talking, you know? And and Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I, it's it's like the lens in which the filter, put it through it. That's how you find fear. Man, that's great. I I love number three. That is so good. Fear wants you to think that it's just you, that only you have that problem and, and don't ask for help. Don't speak up, just suffer in silence. Um, mm-hmm. And I, when I'm breaking down fear, so fear is a physical response to a mental threat. Your thoughts become physical. You have an internal state change because you're catastrophizing the future or you're reliving a trauma, drama, daddy, mom, or you're pre-living, really more, you're pre-living what could happen. You do this checklist of like all the bad stuff. And when I'm training performers all ages, I say, well, what percent of human thoughts are negative? The answer is 80%. And, and, and 95% of thoughts are reoccurring. So your brain is doing this like mental game. It's tricking you. It's sneaky that all this bad stuff is going to happen. Or, you know, you're not worthy of this. Or your worth is tied to outcome. And I think leading with that, I think, is really, really important. So, so what do we need to do to, to overcome this? I know you, you have, uh, you have uh, classes and workshops. Um, Maybe you can give us a high level overview uh, to coach us right now, Coach AB. You know, yeah. and you're and you're killing it, by the way. I'm so proud of you. Can I just this say is that? so fun. It's just so, like, it's I, a conversation. I mean, well, it's, it's I, like if we. Well, I was gonna say I have four daughters, so like having a, a, a female modeling, coaching, I call it prehabbing, prehabbing this stuff. You don't need to be sick to get better. Sometimes when you are feeling fear, shame, talk to someone, but. You know, let's also proactively train, you know, let's, let's get the, let's go to the mind gym. So what, what are some of your right. key, key pillars that you, that you teach? 
Yeah. So on a high level, I think where we get really excited and I know we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit too, is that the meat, right? We want to go straight to those skills like self-talk and routines and breathing and all of those mental performance skills that we see, you know, the big dogs, you know, MLB, NFL, um, all these players that are going through their mental reps, we back it up one step further where we address the person first. And so our phase one, our pillar one is who are you as a person? And that's almost the, you know, you talk about spending 50 minutes with a kid at a lesson and the last 10 minutes is mental. This, I feel like is that 10% of, you know, who are you? Who is your support system? Um, who are you without your sport? Who do you want to be? What do you want to be known for? What's your why? And what do you want to accomplish? And that's before we even get to any of the game performance skills. And so when I think about pillar one, you know, that's where a lot of tears happen. You know, you get a kid on a call or you talk mm -hmm. with somebody and you just say, you know, wow. who, who are you when the cleats aren't on, mm. you know, and that's, good. that's, those are almost my favorite conversations. So that's kind of where we start. And I say that's Man. what makes us different. Well, that well, my, my first pillar is self-awareness. And then I slide into self-talk mindfulness and I slide into self-image. And in our self-image workshop, we talk about your me wheel. You're more than one thing. You're, you're adding spokes to your, your me wheel. Mm -hmm. And I just seeing seeing people have, so I'm, I'm more than just a softball player. Like I don't have to have my work tied to what I do instead of just being authentic with who you are. Okay, so we got phase one. I love that. That is really yeah. good. Okay, what, what else? So phase two, we really go into the performance skills. And, you know, you talk about prehab is when the pressure rises, what have you done to prepare before that moment? Um, one of my, like, I'm going to fangirl for a second, um, University of Arizona. I love Coach Candrea. He talks about marching butterflies. You know, when the butterflies are broiling in your stomach, they're, they're making you nervous. You know, can you get those butterflies to march in formation? That's one of his go-to sayings. Um, huge in the softball world. We think about, okay, before you even get to the world's biggest stage, you know, Athletes Unlimited is, is just finished up their season. It was an awesome season. You think about the Women's College World Series. Everybody wants to be on that big stage, but what are you doing to prepare before that big stage, that big game? And so we call them the big six, um, which I talk, you know, self-talk, routines, breathing, visualization, failure recovery, and grounding. And those are the skills that you're going to use in-game. And before you use them in a game, we want to prep them, right? Can you create that routine? Can you execute it? Um, you know, you know, we tell kids to breathe, but good breathing takes practice before you're in that fight or flight mode. We have to practice it. So that's phase two for us. So coach AB, those are great. You're big six, man. Next level. Every, every, every performer needs at any age. Um, but two, I wanted to touch on, let's start with this one. Can you clarify grounding? Yeah, absolutely. I think when we think about grounding from a mental health perspective, a lot of therapists will use the five, four, three, two, one method um, in which you're looking at five things, you're touching four things, you're using, you're going through your five senses essentially to bring you into that present moment. Um, we can use that on the sports side. So to even simplify it, I talk to my athletes about, I just want you to use your touch. You know, I think about if we grab a handful of dirt, grab blades of grass, um, look to a specific spot on the field. Maybe you're looking to a foul pole and have that routine built in. Um, when you think about those things, when you're grabbing a handful of dirt, you can't 
help but think about the dirt that's in your hand in that moment. You're not thinking about fear in the future and you're not thinking about past mistakes. You're, you're grounding yourself in that present moment. That's really good. When I first heard you say ground, I thought like, are we taking our shoes off and putting our feet in, <laughs> in the grass and the dirt and just getting connected to nature? But that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's really a, a skill to cope. Um, when I, I used to stutter pretty bad, especially in like, like formal environments. And when I went to speech therapy, when I was 26, 27 years old, I, I delayed this work for a long time. <clears throat> One of the first things they had me do is they just taught me how to breathe. Because when I wouldn't stutter, I, I would stop breathing. I couldn't make sound. You're not making, can't be exhaling. You can't make sound. The other thing they had me do was to flex my muscles and then relax them, flex and relax. Um, another thing they had me do was use, use touch. It's like use my, my hands to feel something and then they had me like um do a do like a this quick body scan i noticed when i was anxious my butt cheeks were locked super tight <laughs> so i was like i was like unlock the butt cheeks colin let's go just relax you know but it's like but i like that you are giving them some some um things that they can do in the moment it doesn't have to take 20 minutes it could take five ten seconds there is a, a video circulating of of aaron judge for the for the yankees and he was talking about how he resets to get grounded, to get present, is he takes a handful of dirt, like you said, and just rubs it in his gloves and he grabs a bat. That just gives him a, a space to, to connect to, to the earth, to physically feel something and then get back to back to the present moment. Um, <clears throat> I love that. So let's talk about recovery. So everybody glorifies the grind. Like right. everyone's glorifying, oh, let's grind, work harder. But what I learned in college playing football and baseball, playing football, my, my junior season, I wasn't getting a, enough catches. So I was like, well, I'm just going to work harder. Then. I'm going to stay after practice and do extra reps and do run routes. And then our head coach, my price, like, Colin, stop doing it because you're, you're getting slower. You're, you're, you're working yourself into, you're going actually backwards. So to recover, give us some uh, tips. Yeah, uh, that's crazy that you say that because I think that's the knee-jerk reaction of athletes and parents and coaches. I mean, I'm just as guilty as a coach of how do we just work harder? You know, we just need to stay longer at practice. I actually think of it as like a bucket. Um, you know, we have this big bucket that we're pouring into. You can pour lessons, you can pour practice, you can pour gear, right? We have $400 bats. How many bats are you going to buy and, and stuff our softball bucket full? But if your mental game isn't there, there's holes in the bottom of the bucket. So Instead of stuffing more in the bucket, what are you doing to plug the holes? Effectively, your mental game. What are you doing to plug your mental game? So um, I know you're a fan of this too, but I talk about the be, do, have model of who are you being in that moment and the results that you're trying to get in order to things that you are, are seeking um, versus, you know, if I just do, 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 then I will be right. So if I just do enough reps, I'll be a successful hitter versus I am already me. I'm happy with me. I am a successful hitter. I've seen success. Therefore, by being that successful hitter in reverse, the actions will come. So you think about white knuckling it, you white knuckle it in the box. You're not, you're not going to be that amazing hitter. So I think that's easier said than done. Um, so yeah, that's actually a really good question. I don't know how to answer, you know, how are we intentionally doing that other than continuing to have people in our lives to remind us of that, of like, are you doing, or are you being, are you doing, yeah, or are you I, being? I love that. Yeah, that's true. 
uh, we're not human doings. We are human beings. Now, when I think of the word to re to recover, I think of, are you getting good sleep? Sure. You know, the, the, the research from, from, uh, from James Moss says teenagers need 9.15 hours of sleep. So if I'm working with a performer, I'm gonna say, let's talk about the energy scale, scale from zero to 10. Like, where are you and energy wise throughout the day? You know, um, Usually you, you have the juice when you're practicing and perform, but like, what about off, you know, if there's time to yourself, are you yawning in class? So you, I get like a baseline and then like, how can we have a better like nighttime routine to wind down, put your phone away from your, your bed, a different room, um, mindfulness, uh, journaling, um, and what's your, what's your plan in the morning. Um, but I just try to remind people when you sleep, your body produces HGH, human growth hormone. That's a banned substance. So I think we can go backwards if we overtrain. I think a good way to recover is to get some reps, re like you said, perfectly beautifully, let's get some reps in mentally. You're going to get the exact same neural pathways uh, mentally as you are physically. And what I love about doing reps mentally, think about like a bullpen that's called a sh shadow bullpen. I learned from Brian Kane or like Le LeBron, when he's sometimes he does drills without basketball, you're getting a perfect rep. When you take a ball out of your hands, there's no outcome. So you can physically practice a, a perfect rep, your, your mechanics, seeing the ball where it wants to go, feeling the feeling you want to feel, and your brain is storing all those movements mentally, emotionally. Um, I love it. Okay, anything else? We got, phase, we got phase one and phase two. What, what else? Yeah, so phase three, we talk about releasing them, right? You know, it's, it's like as a coach, our, our job isn't to be the crutch. Our job is to see our, our little birdies fly. So, you know, we talk about problem solving, um, communication, how to have tough conversations with coaches, right? It's intimidating how to have tough conversations with parents on what you need or what wow. you, you know, don't want them to say or what's helpful or hurtful. Um, and then we talk about leadership. So, you know, when the odds are against you and, you know, you have teammates, I think you are the sum of the five people you surround yourself with, you know, you, we talk about drama. It's like, you could go through phase one and phase two and be a stud with this mental performance stuff to let it be crumpled by your environment. So phase three really mm. is, you know, okay, we're releasing you to the world. How do you handle problems? How do you handle mm. um, adversity and leadership and playing time and all of those things that we have to prepare them for, you know, cause it's going to happen in life. That's good. And now what you're talking about is what, what schools are investing a ton of money in. It's called SEL, social emotional learning. You can be a top performer, but if you're a jerk or you can't connect, you don't have that empathy training to have that, that EQ to have the conversations noticed to, to serve and, you know, and to set some healthy boundaries for yourself with other people. And if things aren't going right, you know, have the, the courage to have those hard conversations, but have a system to walk through all those. So um, that is great. I love that you broke it down into phases. And what's cool about this system, it doesn't apply ju just to softball, right? Right. I love when kids come to me and say, hey, coach, I used breathing with my, my big test and I aced it or I felt good about it or um, you know, we think about um, grounding. I had one girl that counted the ceiling tiles in her classroom, you know, before she took her test and just kind of like realizing these girls are getting it without us telling it, you know, like that's mm -hmm. the best gift as a coach is when they figure it out without us even saying it, you know, like mm 
-hmm. Hey, this is going to help you in your relationships. This is going to help you when you go to college. This is going to help you when you get married. This is going to help you when you have babies, right? Like this Mm -hmm. is limitless of these skills. I mean, you can't unsee it once they see it. It's like the FedEx, FedEx logo, the arrow in the logo. Yeah. Once you see it, you you can't can't undo these. You can't undo these skills. But you didn't notice that it was there the whole. It was there the whole time. The arrow. Uh, Okay. So um, what I love about what you're doing is, which part of my mission. So my personal mission statement is to transform lives and normalize mindset training. So I, I love what you're doing is you are a voice that is normalizing self inner work, like going inside to, to get out. And I love what you do is you coach in in groups and small groups. I think small group coaching is the most transformational process. I I like one-on-one coaching, but once you get into a small group, you start hearing other people's stories and you realize I'm not the only one, or you start to have empathy. You start to hear what well, I learned this. I didn't hear that side of that lesson. Well, that's interesting. And it's just creates space to have dialogue. Victory goes to the vulnerable asking for help and sign of strength. You don't need to be sick to get better. So thank you for your life's work. It's super. And you're just getting started, man. You're, I mean, you've, what you've done is you, you packaged so much great stuff in a sequence that to me makes a lot of sense and it has a nice flow. Um, so let's just transition your, your company really talking about fearless, you know, it's beyond just fast pitch, um, being a warrior, you know, warriors feel the fear, but they still go into battle where cowards feel the fear and they, they, they run away. Um, let's talk about having the courage to, you have a background in marketing mm-hmm. and I ask, I, I call coach AB for some like marketing tips, you know, like, coach AB, I just launched a book. Tell me, give me some, some insights, you know? Um, but I think COVID, I think we really saw people's eyes open um about that like work life balance or am i living in my passion and do i have a job a career or is this a calling i believe that you're in your calling i'm in, I'm in my calling it took me 35 years to do it 36 years to do it um but give us some wisdom some encouragement like your process tell us what you did before this and then like what you did to get the courage to feel the fear of stepping out on your own, but, but you've done it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there are two things and it took me a while too. you know, those, those little hints and then the big nudges of life of, you know, I think about fresh out of college, I was working in marketing and sales and I could travel, you know, I didn't have kids yet. And I was traveling all over the Midwest um, for a, a grocery distributor basically. And so you think about, okay, I'm really good at sales relationships. I love talking to people. I love this. This is awesome, but I can't do this forever. Um, so then I started moving away from sales into marketing. I thought, man, I love this. I'm really good at design. I love working with people. I love talking with people on the marketing side. Um, fearless fast pitch is actually my second business that I started. I went into freelance marketing and I was doing marketing for some really cool entrepreneurs, but it was across the board. I mean, I worked for a pumpkin patch. I worked for a septic tank pumper, you know, really random, a copywriter that wrote about gold. Um, And I just found that I wasn't as passionate about their businesses as they were about their businesses. I couldn't articulate, you know, I love marketing, but I can't be your ambassador if you don't understand your business first. Um, And the funny thing was, I'll never forget this. I actually had a dad who is uh, still friends with me today. He said, I want you to give my daughter pitching lessons. And he wrote me a check. And I had it in my sweatpants and I just washed it. Just, just totally spaced my brain. Just, just wash that check, 
soggy, wet check. And I looked at that check and I was like, whatever, you know, it's just 30 bucks. I just won't say anything. I felt guilty. Right. And he texts me a week later. He's like, Hey, are we still good for our next lesson? Also, you didn't cash my check. What's up with that? And I said, well, well you know, no big deal. I didn't want to tell him, you know, cause that's embarrassing. Right. I said, I, you know what? I'm going to do this as a gift. Right. And that's when I realized, okay, this is my gift. I enjoy coaching, but people really genuinely want to pay for value. And he talked to me and he also worked in marketing. He was C-level, very intelligent. And he said, why don't you treat this like a business? And from that point on, it was, I can be passionate about this and provide value and not feel guilty about it. I talk about impact and income. If you have those two, you are unstoppable. Well, how do we, how do we have the courage to do it though, man? How do we, how do we first pinpoint what it is that, that we're passionate about where we, I love that you said value. That to me yeah. is everything. Um, mm -hmm. So a question I like to, let's do this, let's do this dialogue back and forth. Okay. So AB, if you were to define the word leadership, what, what if you give it one word, what word would, would that be? Mm, service. Okay. Service. So if you li listen or learn from John C. Maxwell, he says influence, you know, but if you break down the word influence, it's your word. Influence to me is, is the word value. You can, you can sub service or impact, but it's value. So the more value you bring, the more valuable you are. So it's trying to figure out what, it, what is it that I have that I'm curious about that lights me up that I think about, research, talk about, write about. How can I find that to an audience that has a need that needs to be met and, and provide a solution that solves that problem? And that's mm -hmm. where everything starts. I say, scratch it, it's finding it, you'll be rich, bitch, let's go. But it starts <laughs> with like, it starts with uncovering what lights you up, right? Do you have any other insights, coaches stuff? Like, how do we, how do we uncover like how we can bring value? Yeah. Well, I mean, think about the things that do light you up. What, what could you sit on your laptop and type about at two in the morning when you have these downloads and you're not tired, you know, like look for those moments where you're feeling like I just drank an energy drink. I mean, that's real. The endorphins are real, right? Don't you feel that in, in moments in your business where you're like, I literally cannot believe this is what I do. This is your, this is what I do for a living. What? Those moments. I agree. Okay, then, but give us, give us, if we're going to start a business, like, what are some things we can do? If we're going to start our own, I mean, you are an entrepreneur twice. I, I am too. I've, I've done it really one time, but like, <laughs> what, what were your keys to get started? Yeah, I think we, we fantasize, you know, just as much as we fantasize the hustle and the grind. I think we also fantasize the big jump, the big leap, like, all right, Saranara, I'm leaving my nine to five. Um, I think it's those tiny commitments of, you know, get that LLC, get that logo, put that offer out there. You know, and I think about when I started this in 2017, I didn't actually unveil my mental performance side of the business until 2019. I sat on it for almost a year and a half, you know? And finally, when I launched it, I was on the beach at Laguna Beach in California. I had just attended a conference. I was lit up with life and I just grabbed my phone. I went Instagram live and I said, yo, I've been sitting on this project for a year. I'm really passionate about this. I don't know how I'm going to structure it. If you're interested, send me a DM. Did I have a website? No. Did I have a checkout page? No, I didn't have any of those things. I had a business and I had a logo and I had an idea. And so it's like those tiny mm -hmm. leaps add mm -hmm. up to big leaps. It's like, what's, what oh. are those leaps? Just take that action. It can be messy. Oh man. Listeners, did you hear that? What Coach AB said, she just went on that IG live. She put it off. 
And I learned this from, from my personal coach, Brian Kane. He says, it's the start that stops most people. Mm-hmm. So fire aim ready. You're never going to have a perfect plan, the perfect business plan, the, the perfect, you know, offering. Um, but get started. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to unveil a new system I've been teaching to you. Is that okay? Yeah. It's called, it's called GPS. So if you want to get started and you want to be an, an entrepreneur, start your own business, a GPS. So it's going to give you the roadmap destination, the clarity on where to go. The G is, is, is goal. How much money do you need to make? And let's just be real. You got bills to pay. Like what, just what's a number you need to leave your job? Like, what's the number you have to make? So then you can backward design. The other G is what are your guiding principles? Like what, what, are, what do you, what's the impact you want to have? Like where, so the, these values are really your actions and behaviors. So what are some guiding principles? Um, the, uh, the, the P is, you know, uh, what, what problem are you solving? What's the problem? What's the problem that you're going to solve? And then, and then the other part of the P is what, what products do you have to offer? Like, so is it a service? Is it a, a, a tangible product? Is it um, coaching consulting? Is it you go um, on Etsy and make stuff like just what, what product. And then I think the kind of like a, a little P that needs to be thrown in there is, is people like who do you need to be around? Like, do you need a coach? Do you need uh, uh, an assistant? Do you need, uh... and then, and then the S to me is, is systems. We don't rise to our goals. James Clear says we follow our systems. So, What's your, what's your daily, weekly game plan? Like, are you going to go on IG? Are you going to send out free mailers? Are you going to cold call? Like what's, what's the system that you can, you know, focus on the process, not, not, not the prize. And the last S is service. How how are you going to give, just give your stuff away and expect nothing in return? That's how I got started. I would meet kids at Starbucks at six in the morning. I would do workshops for free just because I loved it and I wanted to get reps. So listeners, let's follow that, that flow, that, that's GPS. Anything else you want to add to, to what we're talking about, about how to get started? Yeah, I think, again, like tuning into your passion of like, okay, the guiding principles of like, are you starting a business because you're good at it? I think if I could start over, that's what I would tell people. Like my number one entrepreneurship tip is don't do something because you're good at it. Do something because you love it and find that intersect, right? We think about that Venn diagram. What's something that you are good at that you're also lit up about, right? And, and I go back to thinking about marketing. It's like, yeah, I love marketing, but I had to do it for myself in the passion of coaching, right? And so it's like, if you're passionate about pets and you want to start like a, a, a store that like sells products for pets or you're passionate about mental performance, you want to work with athletes or if you're passionate about doing sales and you want to do sales for other entrepreneurs, whatever that is, finding that passion with what you're good at. And where does that I intersect? It. I love that. And if I can give myself one piece of advice early on is get an, get an email list going because you, you don't mm-hmm. control who the followers on Instagram and, and TikTok and Facebook, but your email list you have control over. Um, if there's, are there any advice you would give your younger self as you were starting your, your, your businesses? Like what, what, what would you say? Oh my gosh, bet on yourself. Nobody's going to bet on you more than you, right? We think about, if I just stay long enough at this nine to five, I'll, I'll get that raise that I want. Or they'll just, if I just work harder, they'll see my value. And it's like, nobody will bet. <clears throat> nobody will bet on you. Like you bet on you. Don't be afraid to push the poker chips across the table and bet on yourself sooner. I wish I would have done that sooner. Yeah. And in, in the same kind of thread, like what, what's a failure that you learn a lot from? Hmm. Honestly, I would say meeting that need for income of like, 
as an entrepreneur, if I just, um, you know, like follow the money, if I follow the dollars, then I'll just be satisfied. You know, I think about, oh, I'm going to start this marketing company because I know I can make money at it. And it, I dreaded going to work. Like here I was sitting in my business and I didn't even like working for myself. I'm like, what did I get wrong? It's that passion. I mean, I made that mistake multiple times where mm. I would take on more clients. Like, oh, if I just get different mm. clients or, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. I think on that, on that sequence of GPS, that, that goal, the backward design, like it is like income, but it's like, what's, what's, your, what's your time income? Like, what do you want more of that you're mm -hmm. trying to create a, a lifestyle? Um, how about this? Who's had the most impact on you? So you mentioned yeah, your, mentioned mean, your, aside from your dad, aside from your dad, yeah. So uh, like shaping your confidence, uh, belief or skills or how to be a better coach or, and maybe it's your dad. You can talk about him. Yeah. Well, I think what comes to mind more than anything is growing up, I had two coaches, Bud and Randy Wilson. Um, they coached me kind of, you know, from age 10 to 16. So I think about those years where I was really moldable. Um, and if I'm being honest, I think sometimes they helped me to not be overly cocky. I think they helped me to see that there was more than just softball. I mean, I think about the coaches that impacted me the most. They were the ones that were there to teach me about life. And I'm so thankful for the lessons. I'll never forget this. Um, I had pitched a great game and my, just something fell off. You know, it just didn't feel... Um, we weren't clicking as a team and, um, I felt like I was out there to prove something to the world. And I remember Bud pulled me aside, um, and he was in his eighties when he was coaching, bless his heart. Um, yeah, this guy was phenomenal. And he pulled me aside and he said, you know, you can be proud of your actions and they'll speak for themselves. You don't have to tell people that you're good, show them. And that was a huge turning point in my career. Huge. Wow. And give, give credit to... Well, give, give credit to Bud to loving you enough to give you that advice and do it in a way where maybe it felt safe, but maybe a little harsh to hear, but it was exactly what you needed in, in that moment. Um, are, are there any questions that, that, that you wish that you would ask to help clarify the mental game or what, what, what you do, what, what, what I do? Oh man, I, I think people are just afraid to ask questions. I think, um, people just don't know what it is until they know what it is, right? And I think that's a quite, I would flip that question. I would say, if you ask anyone listening to this, when we say mental performance, if you didn't know what mental performance skills were, what do you think it is? And I think we let that idea stop us from trying it or taking action, you know, like, oh, it's just motivational quotes or, you know, it's meditation, it's just meditation or it's just breathe, like just breathe, just relax. It's like, just at, like, what do you do? And asking athletes and, um, you know, we bring on guest speakers for our girls all the time of asking your, your peers, asking your coaches, asking former um, athletes that you admire, what, what do you do for mental performance? And just having that conversation and realizing there's this whole world that parents, business owners, like th these are skills you can actually practice. It's not just um, fluff. It's not just fluff. Keep it. learning, well, keep growing. Yeah, how about this last question? I love that. What What is the legacy you you want to uh, leave? Like when it's all said and done, you know, like seventy years in the future, eighty years, who knows how long you're gonna live? Like, what's what's the legacy that like this is Coach A B? This is this is what she did. 
I just want people to know that I, I could shine my light. Right. And if I, you know, Matthew five, um, talks about shining your light, salt and light, you know, like, don't be afraid to shine your light. Don't dim your light. Um, and if I can shine my light and let my confidence, um, shine, it allows others to do that. And it's a ripple effect. I mean, I think about if we can just keep these, these ripples flowing, who knows what could happen 70 years from now. I have no idea, Mm. but I think it's awesome. Let's go shine your light listeners. Master mindset. You heard it from coach AB. If not, if not now, then when let's go, let's, let's get after it. So uh, Coach AB, man, loved our conversation. So fun. Love your passion. Love your energy. Man, you're changing lives. That's what I love about this, man. You're, you're helping the, your girls perform, but you're, you're, you're changing a life. A question I like to ask you know, leaders is, you know, who is your favorite leader? Did you learn more about your craft or about life? And it's always more about life. I mean, that, that's why we're here. So um, you want to uh, let our listeners know where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm really active on Instagram um, at Fearless Fast Pitch. You can find me there um, and come come hang out. We also drop Mental Tip Monday every Monday um, in our email. So if you guys want to subscribe, um, we can set up a, a URL. Usually it's always the same. It's fearlesswarriorprogram.com backslash subscribe. Um, and then, yeah, we send out Mental Tip Monday and occasionally I'll send out some stickers and some swag um, to everyone on there. And we 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 call it the fearless fam. So if you want to be part of the fearless fam, you guys are welcome. Man, Coach AB, I, I need some swag. I mean, can we do a little swag swap? I want some, yeah. some fearless merch. Uh, well, thank it. you so much, Coach AB. It was so fun. We end every episode with this truth. The body has limits. But the mind is limitless. We'll be right back.